Good morning, everyone. It is Wednesday, May the 8th, 2019. It is currently 11.04 a.m. Central Time. Well, I want to begin this morning by asking a series of questions. There's going to be a number of them. I want you to listen carefully. I think it will become painfully obvious almost at the start whether you're going to be able to answer these questions or if you're going to find yourself going, well, wow, wait a minute, I don't know the answer to any of these. Now, if that occurs, if you find yourself not being able to answer these questions, I hope it bothers you a little bit. I hope it makes you question what you're being taught in your church. I wanted to, I wanted to challenge you to go, wait a minute, why don't I know these things? Are you ready? Let's begin. Now, there's going to be a number of them. I'm just going to ask them. I'm not going to place them like number one, number two. I'm just going to go through these. So listen, listen carefully. You may even want to write some of these questions down and then ask, well, other friends that you may have who, who go maybe to your church. You can ask the people in your church. You, you, could, you could call and ask your pastor. That would be interesting. Uh, you, you, just, you should take these questions and ask as many people as possible. So if you don't get them the first time, you can listen to this again and you can write them down. But are you ready? Here we go. Do you know anything about the Synod of Dort? I could phrase it this way. What do you know about the Synod of Dort? Do you know when the Synod of Dort occurred? Do you know what was discussed at the Synod of Dort? Do you know the significance of the Synod of Dort in church history? Let's continue. Can you tell me anything about the canons of Dort? Do you know what the, the, the major subject or the major theme of the Canons of Dort is? Do you know the significance of the Canons of Dort in church history? Let me ask this. Do you know what the remonstrance was? Do you know anything about the remonstrance? Anything at all? Now, if you really can't answer these questions, I know obviously you can use Google, but that's, that's besides the point. You either know this or you do not know this. And if you do not know this, number one, that means you probably go to a church that has never taught anything about this. And that's extremely sad and should bother you and you should challenge your church. I cannot say this enough, all right? If you are a Christian, you should care about the history of Christianity. You should want to know it. You should want to learn it. Because I, I, everyone who goes to Victory Baptist Church, I know they're going to roll their eyes when I say this because I say it so much that it's almost like they could say it for me. In fact, they already, I can already hear people at Victory Baptist Church saying it right now, but let me say it for those who don't attend Victory Baptist Church. Ignorance of church history does not negate its influence. Things that you believe, things that you think, that many of those things are, well, I'm not, probably almost all of them, they come from church history. Thing, different ideas, different theologies, different doctrines, different ways of reading a text, different interpretations. Their origins are found in the pages of church history. And they come forward, they begin to influence, they influence pastors, they influence teachers. 
And that influence just becomes accepted by Christians and they don't really know, wait, where does that influence come from? Wait, where did that start? Your ignorance of the history does not negate you being influenced by it. You know what the best thing to do? Learn church history so that you can understand where that influence comes from. Then you can analyze it, question it, and possibly reject it. Now, why am I talking about all of this? Well, Sunday morning at Victory Baptist Church during the Sunday school hour, we are about to undertake what will be a pretty epic study, epic in scope, epic in size, epic in in my goal here. I'm going to really try to help my church understand the history and the significance of the Synod of Dort. We're going to begin an in-depth study of the canons of Dort. And while we're doing that during Sunday school, we're about to undertake a very in-depth study of the book of Romans. Now, there is a reason why, I'm not going to go into great detail, there's a reason why I'm going to be doing these two together, but we'll talk about that Sunday at Victory Baptist Church during the Sunday school hour. And of course, you can hear all of those sermons that will be posted on the VBC 66 app. You can go to the Apple App Store, the Google Play Store, and look for VBC 66, uh, VBC 66, download the app, you'll have access to all the sermons and everything else that we post, all right? Um, all the All the content. So this is what I need you to do. Number one, if you attend Victory Baptist Church, I need you to immediately, you can either go online, find free copies, you can go to Amazon, find a copy for like 99 cents, get a copy of the Canons of Dort. Get a copy of them. You can place it on your phone. You can print it out. Get a copy. You can buy a, um, a, a physical copy. Get a copy of the Canons of Dort. Anyone listening to me, get a copy of the Canons of Dort. We're going to be working through them, and it's going to... I don't know how successful this is going to be, but it's an important undertaking. And if you know anything about 2018, 2019, you know that really this is kind of like the 400th year anniversary of the Synod of Dort, the Canons of Dort, and the, and the Remonstrance, and everything that took place. We can, well, the Remonstrance kind of predates the um, the Canon, the Synods of Dort, and the Canons of Dort because they were kind of a, a response to the Remonstrance. But we'll, we'll get into all of that history on Sunday. So first, get a copy of the Canons of Dort. Get a copy. You should already have a copy. You should have already read this. Your church should have already talked about it. And it doesn't matter whether you agree with the Canons of Dort or disagree with the, agree or disagree with the Canons of Dort. That's irrelevant. It's a major uh, event. It's a major document in the history of the church. Because really, if you look at the Remonstrance and the Canons of Dort, it caused a, a split, right? Like, there's this, you can kind of see a stream of Christianity and then the canons, the remonstrance, the synod, all of this, a split takes place and one stream goes one direction and one stream goes the other. One stream turns into a raging river that begins to influence all of Christianity and the other one, well, gets smaller and smaller and it influence becomes less and less, especially in mainstream American evangelical churches. You would, you, you know, the, the the way the stream split, it definitely didn't follow the canons of Dort, the synod of Dort. Okay, I mean, yeah, I mean, you just, you need to understand that. It, it's not even a matter of whether you agree or disagree. It's a matter of just knowing what happened and understanding its influence. So, get the canons of Dort. Be ready to start reading them and be ready to start discussing them and be ready to start listening to to me as I teach through them. 
And then the next thing I need you to do is just continue to listen because I'm going to play for you two episodes back to back of five minutes in church history. I'm going to play a one. That's uh, one. There's going to be a discussion about the Synod of Dort, and one there's going to be a discussion about the 400th anniversary of the Synod of Dort. I want you to listen. This will give you kind of a, a kind of a primer, kind of a, laying a foundation. A lot of what you're about to hear, you're going to hear discussed again during the Sunday school hour at Victory Baptist Church, and of course that will be uploaded. Um, so I, I think this is going to be a big undertaking. I think it's going to be beneficial. I, I think. I think it's a no, I think this in a situation dealing with the candidates of Dort is a no-win situation. Because on one hand, if you don't follow, if you don't go along with every word of the candidates of Dort, you'll have those who will reject you and say you're wrong. And for if you accept any of the words of the candidates of Dort, you're gonna have others who are gonna reject you and say you're wrong. So you really can't, it's a it's a no-win idea to even try to teach it. And I think that's why many pastors wouldn't even want to, because it would cause problems. But why? I'm not afraid of problems. I'm afraid of ignorance. And we should be worried and bothered that so many Christians don't know the history of the faith which they profess to believe in. They're, they're illiterate when it comes to the history of Christianity. They don't understand it. They don't know how it developed. They don't know anything about it. They don't know major significant events. And then they go to church and they learn very little about it. That is a problem that needs to be addressed. You can study documents and events that occurred in history. And it's not a matter of arguing whether you agree or disagree. It's a matter of just understanding what happened in a fair and accurate way. So many times we're like, I'm not going to look at any church history that goes against my way of thinking or my theology. I'm just going to ignore it. Why? It's a part of Christian history. Just examine it and understand what happened. Don't ignore it and hide from it because it disagrees with what you think. It doesn't have to turn into, let's examine it to either uh, to either praise it or condemn it. Maybe just understand it, see how it influenced Christianity, and then go, how does it influence us today in 2019? I, just people's approach to church history to me is, is baffling in, in so many cases. They either ignore it or they they it's like my team versus your team. No, it, it happened in the past. Let's just see what happened and then go from there. All right. So this Sunday at Victory Baptist Church, we begin our study of the Canons of Dort. Get a copy. Now, sit back and listen to two episodes of Five Minutes of Church History dealing with the Synod of Dort. 2018-2019 uh, is the 400-year celebration. It's a two-year thing. There's a reason why you'll, you'll hear and understand that. This will give you a foundation. If you have any questions about church history, if you have any questions about the Council, Synod of Dort, the Remonstrance, or anything else, you can always email me at newsif at yahoo.com, newsif at yahoo.com, or if you're using the VBC66 app, use the feedback tab. Let me know your church history questions. Why? Because that can lead me to hitting a, grabbing the iPad and hitting record and addressing those questions because I'm, I look, I have been a student of church history my whole Christian life, and there's still so much I don't know. And but, so your questions can challenge me to, well, fix those gaps in my knowledge of church history, and hopefully this will help fix some of the gaps in your knowledge of church history, because hey, we all want to know the history of the faith which we profess. All right, here are two episodes, five minutes of church history dealing with the canons and the synod of Dort. Listen carefully. This will be laying the foundation for what we'll be doing at VBC this coming Sunday. Thank you for listening. 
Get the VBC 66 app. God bless. Welcome to 5 Minutes in Church History, hosted by Dr. Stephen Nichols, where we take a little break from the present to go exploring the past. Travel back in time as we look at the people, events, and even the places that have shaped the story of Christianity. This is our story, our family history. Let's get started. Well, welcome back to another episode of 5 Minutes in Church History. On this episode, we are celebrating an anniversary. Historians love to do this. We like to celebrate birth dates, and we like to celebrate events that were crucial in the life of the church. And we just had the big 500th anniversary last year, but in 2018 and in 2019, we have the 400th anniversary of the Synod of Dort. Now, it gets two years because it was convened in 1618, so let's celebrate the convening of the Synod. And they finished up all their business and wrapped everything up in May of 1619. So 2019 is also the 400th anniversary. So we have the 400th anniversary in 2018 and the 400th anniversary in 2019. Now, what happened at Dort? Why is this a significant event in church history? Dort is short for the city in the Netherlands known as Dortrecht. It's a port city. And this synod of the Dutch church, but it also engaged a number of folks from Great Britain, and these were Puritans. Many of them had been ousted from their posts at Cambridge by Charles and by William Laud. So this was a bit of an international synod there at Dortrecht. It was called to deal with a problem that had bubbled up in the Dutch church, this started back with Jacobus Arminius. Jacobus Arminius was born in 1560, and he died in 1609. His followers pulled together his teachings and wrote up a document called the Remonstrance. Now, to remonstrate is sort of like to demonstrate, only a little bit stronger. And what were they remonstrating against? Well, they were remonstrating against what they took to be the teachings of John Calvin on the doctrines of grace. And they prepared five objections. And the first objection had to do with the doctrine of election. The second doctrine had to do with atonement. The third had to do with total depravity, or as R.C. would like to say, radical corruption. And the fourth had to do with irresistible grace. And the final head of doctrine had to do with perseverance of the saints. Now, we can put that into an acrostic using certain initials to capture those. And this is the Netherlands, so we have this wonderful Dutch flower, the tulip. So the T stands for total depravity. The U stands for unconditional election. The L stands for limited atonement. The I stands for irresistible grace. And the P stands for perseverance of the saints, or some like to say preservation of the saints. The remonstrance was a writing up of how they disagreed with Calvin on those very crucial doctrines related to the doctrines, doctrine of salvation. So this synod was convened to answer that. And the canons, that's one N, not two Ns, the thing that goes boom, but church law, canon, one N, the canons of the Synod of Dort have five heads of doctrine answering each one of these points of the remonstrance. Under each of these heads of doctrine, there are numerous articles explaining what they mean, relying heavily on scripture. And also, there are a number of paragraphs entitled rejections. So they're not only saying what they affirm, but they're also saying what they reject. The other interesting thing you need to know is the order. 
It was not actually tulip. It was actually ooltip, which I don't think is a flower. I'm not sure what it even is. But it's important to see where the conversation started. The conversation started with the doctrine of election, with unconditional election. And in their mind, you needed to start there. You needed to start with God's sovereignty over his creation and over his creatures and the centrality and crucial nature of the decree of election. And then it unfolds from there. So that's a little bit about the Synod of Dort held in 1618 to 1619. A little bit about the canons of Dort from which we get Tulip. And so happy 400th anniversary Dort. I'm Steve Nichols, and thanks for joining us for five minutes in church history. For more information or to listen to past episodes, please visit 5minutesinchurchhistory.com. Welcome to 5 Minutes in Church History, hosted by Dr. Stephen Nichols, where we take a little break from the present to go exploring the past. Travel back in time as we look at the people, events, and even the places that have shaped the story of Christianity. This is our story, our family history. Let's get started. Well, welcome back to another episode of 5 Minutes in Church History. On this episode, we are visiting again with a friend of ours, Dr. Bob Godfrey. Good to see you, Dr. Godfrey. Thank you. Great to be here with you. So you were president of Westminster Seminary, California. You still are teaching fellow for Ligonier, chairman of the board for Ligonier, author of a number of books, and a church historian. Correct. And uh, I want to talk to you about an event that I know means a lot to you. What is the significance of 2018 and 2019 when it comes to an important anniversary in church history? Well, the good news for us is we get two years to celebrate this anniversary. You know, we got one year for Luther in uh, 2017, but this year we get two years to celebrate the meeting of the Synod of Dortrecht. Okay, that's a Dutch city, Dortrecht in the Netherlands. We shorten it to Dort. Yes. And this was a, a synod that was a convened. A synod, yes. Uh, endlessly fascinating church synods. Uh, yes. Not normally, actually. Uh, but occasionally in history, there are important church meetings, and this was a very important one. So we talked about this last week together. We talked about the background for this, Jacobus Arminius. I'm sure I'm not pronouncing that properly if, if we were Close to Close enough. It. And we've got the Remonstrance in 1610. Right. So Dort was largely a response to that document. Right. I always tell my Dutch Reformed friends the only way to keep Dutch Reformed people humble is to remind them the only really famous theologian the Dutch Reformed Church has ever produced was Arminius. So... Um, <laughs> Yes, uh, Arminius challenged the uh, settled Calvinism of the Dutch Reformed churches, and it led to tension and pressure Huge in Dutch society. Yeah. Finally, then, uh, a synod was called, which turned out not to be just a national synod, but an international synod. Most of the Reformed churches in Europe were represented at the Synod of Dort, yes. and uh, it became a great formulation of the Calvinist response to the Arminian challenge. Now, as you look over, we talked a little bit last time about the particulars of Dort. It had five heads of doctrine. Under those heads of doctrine, there were numerous articles. There were also numerous pieces of what they were rejecting, not just what they were affirming, but what they were rejecting. But as you think about it, could you just hit the highlight of what the significance of Dort was in its time and what its significance might be now 400 years later? 
Well, I've just finished a book for Ligonier that will be out in March. You'll all want to buy multiple copies for your friends. Uh, that I've provisionally titled, you never know what happens with publishers and titles, but I've provisionally titled it Saving the Reformation. And I don't think that's too much of a claim because the reaction of the Calvinists in the Netherlands to Arminius was that his challenge on election was an attack on grace alone and that his exposition of sin and grace was a challenge to faith alone. And his rationalizing tendency in theology was a challenge to scripture alone. So these are the bedrock issues of the Reformation and yet are being challenged in more subtle ways that we can talk about in five minutes. But I think the Calvinists rightly saw this is a, an assault on the essentials of the Reformation. Gomarus, one of the important theologians at the Synod of Dort, Dutch theologians there, said that he opposed Arminius primarily because he saw him assaulting the doctrine of justification by faith alone. So uh, all of these theological issues are interrelated. And uh, I think Dort was about saving the Reformation. And in one sense, we need to save the Reformation in every century. So that's its significance today as well? Right. Uh, you could argue, if you were mean-spirited, and I am, that our Arminianism is a sort of default position that seems reasonable to us. Surely men must have abilities to respond to what God offers them. I believe the Bible says, no, that's not true, and it is by grace alone that we're saved. Well, I would agree with everything you said, Dr. Godfrey, except that you're mean-spirited. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Well, thanks for being with us. And that's the 400th anniversary of the Synod of Dort. And I'm Steve Nichols, and thanks for joining us for 5 Minutes in Church History. For more information or to listen to past episodes, please visit 5minutesinchurchhistory.com.